This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Allison Lee Rosenfeld, the voice of Bonnie and Nurse Joy from Pokemon, Rio Castle, Riley, and Allie from Yu-Gi-Oh!, and star of Crumbly Kitchen. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. This week, we talk about the first DLC character coming to Guilty Guest Drive. Netflix wants in on the gaming industry. We give the latest status on Streets of Rage 4 DLC for the Switch. And I also give my thoughts on Pokemon Unite. But in our final stage, I review Ease 9, Monstrum Knox for the Nintendo Switch. All this and more as ACMG presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extras. So let's start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. everybody and welcome back to another game filled episode of select start i am your host xavier josiah i hope everybody is having a great and safe week and i mean safe because apparently this new delta variant is really taking a number on a lot of people and especially the young kids who can't get vaccinated so for that i say please people make the smart choice the one of the greatest powers that we have especially here in the united states is choice it could be the most powerful thing and it could be the most deadly thing if used improperly. So to that, I also say, please get the darn vaccine, especially now for the kids before it's too late, rather for the kids sake or especially your own sake, just get it done. We were doing so good. Half of the half of us are already vaccinated when another half takes it for granted. And, you know, we live in this we live in a society now where people <sighs> seem to think that you know they know exactly what the hell they know about everything and anything despite the fact not even having a merit of education or degree of education regarding it they just assume they use social media to mask their intelligence and it's always going to be proven just like you know you know doing accounting or doing anything that involves math the numbers will show the facts will come in it's not going to be the case Please take this seriously because we all want to have fun. We all want to be back doing, you know, comic book conventions and uh, concerts and events and everything. I damn sure want to go back to New York in October. And I swear to goodness, if that doesn't happen, I'm going to be I'm going to be furious. So, I mean, please, let's all like let's work together to get this nipped in the bud and taken care of. We were doing so good. Let's keep the momentum going. And I don't want to see anybody go. I really don't, especially any kids, the kids out there who can't get it. So 
with that said, let's talk some gaming news because we got some things to talk about here. I also have a bit of a discussion I want to talk about in terms of ongoing games and why people are against it and why people are for it. So I'll talk about that. But first, Guilty Gear Strive. Uh, I reviewed that a while back. I was highly anticipating. This is probably one of the first big fighting games of 2021. And it was met with great acclaim. I gave it a great review for it. And of course, there's going to be some new content coming out. I am so happy that I brought the ultimate or deluxe version of this because you get the season pass. The first season pass, that is. And boy, what a season pass are we getting here? Because I didn't know half. I thought we were just getting characters or, you know, extra DLC characters. No, apparently we're getting so much more. But they just announced the first character to come. And I already predicted this when I reviewed the um, game some time ago. If you guys can go back and listen to that episode where I reviewed Guilty Gear. And I said that this dude was going to be a DLC character when I watched the, the story mode or movie. <laughs> the movie mode of the uh, game. Uh, damn, damn sure was a movie, for God's sake. You couldn't do anything else but watch it. But the head of the uh, the head of the Department of Defense, Gold Lewis Dickinson, I don't know where the hell they got that name from, is coming next Tuesday to 27, which is also the day that Samurai um, Warriors 5 and Neo, The World Ends With You comes out, by the way. And uh, he's going to be the first one. I knew when I saw him, that he was going to be one of the ones I I'm looking forward to playing this dude. He looks so badass. He is the, you know, right hand man of the president. And uh, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, rest assured. Um, he was definitely one of the people I looked at. I was like, yeah, he's coming. <laughs> he's going to be one. Dickinson, uh, they have a trailer out. They announced it. And Dickinson brings some heavy duty artillery in the form of a coffin, which uh, with a sign that says area 52 the trailer shows him swinging it's also tied up with a chain too this is it's just crazy we're so over the top the trailer shows him uh swinging the strange coffin at enemies like almost like a mace uh along with using it as a semi-automatic machine gun i mean there's like a horde of different things that he's using this coffin for but the but the weirdest part of this coffin is the extraterrestrial ping living in the coffin if you see it the door opens and he, he like the, this this glowing arm pulls out a mirror to show dickinson what he looks like apparently um we also like the glowing arm looks a lot like mr burns in that classic episode of the simpsons when he's like i bring you peace that it looks just like that it's pretty funny uh so dickinson uh looks like he's gonna like i said he's gonna be a handful people who are going to be used i guarantee there's going to be some awesome people i think he's going to play he it looks like he's going to play like a zangief character you know uh so i it's it, it looks awesome i'm looking forward to it the trailer announcement also um dates of more dlc to come uh as well so we're not only getting him now but in august we're also getting our second announcement announced dlc character which will be released uh then too and then Furthermore, like for, for 2021, we're getting three. Dickinson's the first, and then we got two more coming. Uh, one and the other one's coming in August. I don't, they haven't announced where the third and final one is coming for 2021, but we also got two more coming in 2022. Not only that, but in 2022, we're going to get two new battle stages and we're getting a whole 
another story. Like, I, that part I didn't know. And I think that is absolutely awesome. For that one price, we're getting two uh, story modes in here. And an expanded story mode, much like Mortal Kombat did with the uh, Shanks, with the Aftermath one. So I am all for this. I think, you know, for, for this is what I've been talking about for quite some time in terms of what you get for the price that you ask for as a, in, from, from a consumer standpoint. If you're coming out with a fighting game and I'm pointing at SNK with King of Fighters or Samurai Showdown and all this stuff like you got to bring it. And Arc System Works and in in NetherRealm, they are bringing it. And it, to some extent, Bandai Namco, I'll give them the credit because they they had a really cool stellar story mode for them with uh, Tekken uh, 7. But, and then didn't drop the ball with Soul Calibur too. So it's like hit or miss with them. But, I mean, this is exactly what we should expect for modern day fighting games. This is a whole cinematic experience now with these games and you know, for you want a hundred bucks from us, give us a hundred dollars worth of content that is worth it. I mean, and they are doing it. They're giving us more than just DLC characters. They're also giving us new stages and a whole nother story because they get that fighting game fans also like story. There's some who like just the gameplay of it and this in the esport aspect of it. And then others like myself like to be immersed in the world. Like why create this world? Why create this backstory? And not do anything with it and i'll point the finger at sega am2 yu suzuki and all the rest of who put together um virtual fighter and like if they do another virtual fighter they got to do so much more and i'm hoping because they teamed up with the people behind uh yakuza that they will do so much more with this if they get their hands on it to do a six it's time it is very much time for them to do a much better presentation for such a great game as Virtual uh, Fighter. So I hope that's the case, but you know, kudos to Arc System Works for, you know, I believe the investment that I made for them is worth it, is well worth it. it I mean, it's just awesome. I really love what they did here. I mean, there's also gonna be some color swatch uh, options as well for here too, I believe. So all this is coming and, and it starts next week on the 27th. So stay tuned for that. Awesome. So. And I, I, I mentioned Tekken 7. I also, I should have mentioned Street Fighter 5 for that too, because Street Fighter 5 was one of the first games to really start kicking it in uh, with the with the content. But they also do another thing that I'm not really a fan of, and a lot of people are not are fans of. Some people are fans of this and are okay with this, but I believe there's some different mindsets in regards to it, and that also lays into the marketing and promotional strategy of this type of situation. So games like Xenoverse, Street Fighter V, Tekken 7, they all have something in common and that is that they're ongoing games. Uh, Fortnite too, you wanna go with that and all that stuff. They're ongoing games that are constantly being worked on. And as much as I, I think it, part of that is cool, but also there's a time when you're going to want something new. And in terms of Street Fighter V, Street Fighter V came out way back, like damn near the early days of the PlayStation 4. We have now reached PlayStation 5. And I don't know about the rest of you. And I know I've realized that, you know, we're in a whole new generation and a whole new ideology of things. But when I grew up, 
playing these games. When I grew up playing Tekken and Street Fighter and SNK and, uh, you know, King of Fighters and all this stuff, what was very consistent about what was going on in the 90s, because that was one of the hottest times for, uh, for gaming, was that we were getting constantly new games with new upgrades and new graphics and, you know, stepped up Capcom alone during the 90s. We had after right after the craze of Street Fighter 2. We didn't get a Street Fighter 3. We got Street Fighter Alpha, which was still awesome in a sense. And we just kept getting better versions of it. And we got three, we got three uh, sequels, uh, two, like three games out of the series. And then Street Fighter 3 came and that looked awesome. And then we also got that Tekken. We got all the way up to like Tekken 5 on, on, on the PlayStation level, I think, which it got to PlayStation... Um, or six we got all the way up to playstation 3 with that and then we didn't see anything from till seven which is like the last one for that storyline for that story arc and it just it's just weird now that after all this time we're not seeing new games i don't know and, and granted i knew i do understand that the economy plays a factor especially with COVID, that plays a factor as well so i don't know what's the uh, extent to that but what we're not no, what we're not hearing is why we're not getting new games. Um, is it lack of you know staff? Is it lack of you know? Because these things were popping out consistently over the years. You know, we were getting new everything over the years. But again, the economy has changed. Uh, things have changed. How they do things in the back end of things has changed. You know, it could be any one of those things. But lately, what we're seeing is the prolonging of games like Dragon Ball Xenoverse, Street Fighter 5, Tekken 7. And it's good for a core group of people who love playing that game. But for people like it, it I, I find it hard to play a game consistently when there's all these other new games out right now. And that to me, that, this I, I would say it's, it's just me, but it really isn't. There are quite a few people out there and when i say few i mean there's a large percentage of people who want to see a new version of the game street fighter 5 i love the game i've interviewed people from the game <laughs> who was a part i i interviewed cal abert i when when the game first came out i had cal abert on this show to talk about that and i can't tell you how many years ago that episode was okay and, and Ruben Langdon as well, who's kin to that extent. But I would love to see, and people are dying to see, because we thought that a new Street Fighter for a new system meant that it was going to keep upgrading. We now have the PlayStation 5. We thought we would have possibly seen an announcement by now for, for this. A game this beloved is wanted on a new system. And again, we don't know what's going on in the back end. Do they have do they have the same staff that they have before? I doubt it to be able to produce a new game. It takes a lot of time to put that together. It takes a lot of money to put that together. If they have shareholders that take puts in a lot of pressure to that as well. So, yes, I get it. A lot of that plays a factor. But what I don't understand is like, what is the real deal? They try to they keep creating content for these older games when by now we can absolutely be playing a new game or anticipating a new game 
what's the deal? That's my thing. It's like, what is really going on? Why is, why is this a good strategy to keep prolonging a game? That's like two, three, four years old. These games are yes. in in, in gaming sense is outdated. Like you can't say that Dragon Ball Xenoverse is still a new and fresh game. That game came out on the PlayStation four. Perfect. Let me, let me go into that. Let me, let me type that in real quick. Um, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2 came out in 2016. It is 2021. 16, 17, 18, 18, 20, six years ago. Six years ago. In six years, we could have had a whole new game by now. And I appreciate it. But the fact that, that they're still making new content for that, and then the content that they're making is has some people really frustrated because like the, the ultimate Kai of time or Supreme Kai of time, um, DLC that came out a while back. And if you guys were listening to this show, when that came out, I was frustrated with that. And a lot of people were frustrated with that because they were focusing on the people they were counting that their main focus for that DLC was people who basically have been playing the game religiously, like, and not playing any other game. Like, that's so unrealistic that you only cater to the peak to the hardcore and there's there's a hardcore group of people there's actual facebook groups with people who only play dragon ball xenoverse which to me is just the weirdest thing ever because it is almost like a it literally feels like a cult like situation and I, it's it's i it's weird to me i know but this is the age that we live in now there's like people who still go by it like nothing else matters like no ghost of shishima no uh no breath of the wild none of that they still playing xenoverse <laughs> like it, it to, i love dragon ball xenoverse 2 and i love dragon ball xenoverse 1 but to me the idea of just still playing that game is so obscure i, I know mostly for me because i constantly review different games uh but even for the for the common person i can't see anybody wanting to play just the same one game all the time like i'm a big wrestler fan and i used to play 2k games uh up to the wazoo but i would still play other games on the side of that you know and that would be my go back to game like no there's some really really religious like almost these people are the equivalent of you know those who would follow the mcrib all over the country just to you know <laughs> it was like that kind of type of craze um it's it's really weird but it also you know kudos to bandai namco because they somehow know how to market themselves and promote it in the way that averts attention away from the idea of like why isn't there a xenoverse 3 by now you know why are they working on a xenoverse 3 no we end up getting kakarot like i love kakarot kakarot's a really cool game it's not better than xenoverse and it's damn sure not better than fighters but Xenoverse had, you know, it's gameplay and, and, and even more. I hate it that they tampered with Xenoverse so much. It's to the point that like it, it, it takes the fact that they added so much of an online aspect to the game. It, it really dampered my, you know, enjoyment of it in a sense, because now it's just they added so much to it. Now, I think what, what bothers me and this is going to disappoint people is like when that server goes, that's over it goes away and eventually will go away boy people are going to i don't people are not gonna gonna know how to act 
<laughs> with that. So I don't know, man. It, it just, and I get it. Dips has been working on other mobile games and all this stuff too, but let's put in the effort to put in a new game or, you know, for the, for the Dragon Ball uh, Xenoverse. I, I, I really do like the game. I love everything that they did up to this point. I just think it's time like adding a new Jiren, even though the old Jiren is on there and not making him a transformable character already. I just feel like they're, they're, they're just money grabbing at this point. And I just swear to goodness, there are people who would defend the idea of Xenoverse. Damn, I had, I had a big discussion with people on social media about that. There were people who were with me in regards to, you know, ending the ongoing game development in 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 uh in place of you know just creating new versions of the games and they were people who would defend me down against the idea of stopping ongoing games and i don't i don't get it i don't get it from a standpoint that why wouldn't you want a newer better version of the game why do you want to still settle all for the same game okay like i like i said i love xenoverse one and two and i love what they did but we're in a state we are in a point, we have the opportunity to be able to take that engine that they made, that really fun, great, intuitive engine that they made and evolve it to something even better with better graphics, with better, uh, with tighter gameplay, with tighter control scheme. Just bring it up to the modern times of the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and even PC. Why aren't we there yet? Why is that such a problem that people want that? I don't understand why people are arguing the idea that they want, they don't want the game to be upgraded to look better. Like Kakarot looks awesome. And I love what they did with Kakarot, but imagine having all of that with PlayStation 5 graphics with no loading time. Okay, no loading time. I, I don't get why people are defending this idea of it, you know, of them making a new version. I don't get it. It just, it boggles my mind. And it part of it makes me feel like we're now in a generation who just wants to settle for what they have and not demand what they want. Because if fans, if more fans were to demand a new game and supply and demand, if, if they were to demand a new game and is willing to pay to get to play a new game experience, why would that want to stop Bandai Namco from making it? Okay. And the fact that they, maybe the fact that they're not making it is because it's not making enough money. Who knows? I, that, everything that I'm saying right now is just suggestion. It's just theory. It's hypothesis at best at this point. Some of, I I mean, I do feel like it's something going on in the background, maybe. And somebody did point out on on social media that a lot of it is because, you know, Bandai Namco doesn't pay enough for their developers to make new games. And they, the money, um, the only thing that's happening is that the money for, to make DLC is was make was keeping them afloat. So I can see that. I mean, it, you know, keep keep making DLC for games like Street Fighter five and Tekken seven and Xenoverse and stuff like that. You know, keep you keep making DLC for that. Yeah, you can prolong the longevity of the game, but also keep making money on the side. Um, you got all these microtransactions and in-app and purchases and everything on there, too. That also prolongs. And I hate it when they added that onto Xenoverse, too. That to me 
it really upset me because I hate it, it. It turned it almost to like a mobile game experience. And I hate that. I I hate um I hate um Marvel Avengers for doing that as well. You know, they're trying to, you know, milk this for, for as long as they can. And they just started too. So they I mean, who knows how long it's gonna be with that game before we see any upgrades or whatever. So I mean we're we're gonna see upgrades for Marvel Avengers for quite some time because it's now on the PlayStation 5 and it started technically technically started right around the time when the PlayStation 5 began and actually started on the PlayStation 4. But it's going to transition itself right after the to the PlayStation 5 once the PlayStation 4 is done and over with. But how long they're going to prolong that? I don't know. I just want to see I'd rather see new content. I'd rather see these developers, you know, be able to be more you know innovative and creative and just keep making new games because that's what it's all about we're we're, we're far in advance in a time where we can create new stuff but i don't like this business strategy of ongoing games at all it just it, it bothers me um because when you're worrying about creating more dlc and all the stuff we could be have we could be working on some brand new games and i get it sometimes it's just to avert the attention from people while they're doing whatever it is they're doing in the background. But to me, it's just, I, come on, give me a new Xenoverse. Give me Street Fighter six, um, the next generation of Tekken, whatever the hell that they're doing with Marvel Avengers. They're so far so good, but eventually let's move on. Let's move on to some other things. Ongoing games to me just feels like a, a front for something that, that, is, that they're not telling us and they're not doing right now. I, a lot of the business strategies that they're doing are always suspect. You know, I, the the in-app purchasing and the microtransaction thing alone, you know, should tell us right there that we should always use critical thinking towards what these companies are actually doing because it's not about the art of the game anymore. It's, I mean, it was, it never really was to an extent, but it was at first it was money and there's art. And now it seems to be more about money than it is about the art. And that's why a lot of game developers, you know, kind of, you know, they they end up doing becoming indie developers on their own. They they work independently on their own. I've had, you know, developers on the show talk about how they used to work for bigger companies and, and, and more established AAA companies. I mean, companies that will make AAA games and then they just, you know, left because, you know, they weren't given the opportunity to have, you know, some form of creative control you know, with, uh, for what they wanted to do. So they left, uh, the gentle brothers is a big example of that. And I had a few other, you know, people that came on the show that said that they worked for other people once before they started doing their own thing. And, you know, it worked out for them. And to some extent, a lot of them have made some majorly great games, you know, are beautifully artistic games and still managed to make money ethically without these little, you know, scheming, uh, you know, um, strategies or whatnot. So, you know, at the, I hope that this ongoing game thing, I, I, it looks like it's right now it's split with people wanting to end the ongoing games to those who are still wanting to play the ongoing games. And I question, I actually do kind of question the people who still want the ongoing games. Cause a lot of, I think a lot of it is marketing and promotional strategies that are making people want to keep these around and enjoy these games. And to that, I, I have nothing but respect for the, you know, um, 
you know, for the companies who were able to attract that target audience to still want to play that game without even without question. <laughs> so I, I can't hate on them for that. So, all right, I'm moving on to some other interesting news here. Netflix. Yeah, we got Netflix on a, on a video game podcast that we're talking about here. Why? Because they have announced that they are entering the video game industry. How? Well, according to GameStop, Netflix confirmed and the shareholder um, uh, confirmed to shareholders, I should say, via a letter that they uh, are expanding into games as a part of their streaming package with no extra charge to subscribers. Okay, that sounds good. Let's keep let me keep going before you get all excited or wonder what the hell's going on. The focus right now will be games for mobile devices. Okay. Now take that into consideration that even though Netflix claims that they will not charge extra for subscribers to access these games, it doesn't mean that these games will not consist of charges of any kind. If they're mobile games, if they're based on mobile games or if they are mobile games, what does the one common thing that mobile games usually have? They're free to an extent. They're free, but to have a better experience, you're going to have to pay some form of in-app purchasing. So majority of mobile games come with IAPs or in-app purchases, you know, in other forms of microtransactions. So when they say free, they mean fee. So there's a difference there. The GameStop article goes on to say that although Netflix is a streaming service, they see companies uh, in, in, in social media platforms like TikTok, Fortnite, and other social media platforms as competition. And I can understand why, you know, they're take you know, a lot of times Fortnite takes up time when people could be watching, um, you know, things on Netflix. Um, you got TikTok who everybody ends up, you know, on constantly for that. So if you can have some type of gaming format for Netflix, it'll revert the attention of that, of those other platforms and will allow you to focus more on Netflix because you're gaming there and then say, like, oh, I want to watch a movie. So I'll, you know, go directly to the movie from the game. So I get their strategy. Um, there's also heavy rumors. And I say heavy because this was big after reading the information on that. But apparently there's rumors saying that, um, that like PlayStation may be teaming up with Netflix. I don't know to what extent after reading the article on GameStop, it is only heavy rumor at best, but, uh, they, I, you know, for Netflix to team up with PlayStation, which mean that they would be some co uh, cooperation with PlayStation's now because PlayStation now is, is Sony's PlayStation streaming network for games. So, um, I, it, that'd be very interesting to see if that is actually a, a actual thing that's worked, worked on. And if that is, that is a much bigger benefit for Netflix than it is. And I guess it, it is in some cases for PlayStation, but PlayStation already has their, you know, movie network. Um, you know, they, they sell, they, they, you can buy movies digitally on their platform as well. Um, Netflix is already on there as an app. So I don't know to what end, how would that work? Um, 
but it would definitely challenge it would definitely be uh, a benefit for netflix on that sense and i guess in some cases it'd be a benefit to playstation as well but i just feel like if, if it's true i don't know how would they would merge it together I, I, it sounds like muddy waters to me i don't know i i really really just don't know there <laughs> so um we'll see man we will see if that's true or not but i don't know i i, I it doesn't feel like a good mix to me but it just depends on how they put it together we'll see so um we also have this week a new game that i have talked about or actually i didn't talk about on this show and i'm surprisingly i didn't because um it didn't come out at the time when i played it it was out in japan it was testing in japan but now it's out on the us and that is pokemon unite it is a mobile game actually a multi on uh multi online battle arena game and I'd never really play MOBA games like that. This one I checked out because I am a Pokemon fan. And lo and behold, I actually enjoyed it. I, for what it was worth. I mean, it's not perfect. There's some things I would would like to see, you know, tweaked up. Like, you know, you know, the speed of the actual characters itself, the Pokemon itself. But I really, really um, am digging it right now. It's available on a Nintendo Switch. Um, I played the uh, Japan version a couple weeks ago. You know got a chance to play the beta version of that and now it's all available all over so you can download it now it's free to an extent <laughs> but um it involves a five on one five on five team battle which you know you play you team up uh you pick a pokemon to play and then you have a bunch of another uh npcs and ai characters that you you know play with and battle in this arena each to it's very simple it is very very simple every uh, to every uh rival pokemon that you defeat they turn into orbs you take those orbs and then you wind up going into um a hoop and they're like like a basketball hoop but like just a futuristic looking a basketball hoop but you go there and it's the goal area so you deliver those orbs to the goal and you do it within the time uh with the time limit that you have and whoever has the most points at the end of the time limit wins just it's as simple as that so you could choose your pokemon and they have so many different cool pokemon including um a new one which looks awesome uh zerora i i hope i'm saying that right uh you could pick pikachu you could pick uh you know there, there's a whole bunch and there's probably more to come too so you start off with a you know primary pokemon that you work with and control throughout the whole entire thing and it's pretty awesome you got so many you got a regular you know light attack and then you have also power moves that you can play as well that are timed so once you use them you won't be able to use it again for like a few seconds like less than a minute or whatever like that but as you gradually you know as your stats get better you will be able to do a lot of the common things that happens in pokemon you'll be able to evolve a pokemon like if you have charizard for instance and you're controlling charizard the more the stronger he gets along the way the game the more he ends up um evolving to different versions of pokemon of course so i mean there a lot of the pokemon fundamentals and characteristics are in there as well it's a really cool game um again it's free but they do have somewhat of a season pack that they have for sale on there um i i you know again i never played a mobile game but i pretty much enjoyed it i like the, the character the avatar uh creation it's light but 
they do have a lot of great uh you know creative items that you could create your avatar with that are cool very uh present you know the presentation of it is really well done there's representation on there they have you know locks they have you know buzz cut hairs you know everything so if you are a person of color or you know a black person you can make a character that looks representative of you know what you would like in here so they've been doing much better with the, within the last few games with that so i really appreciate that um it's it's really a fun like game that you could play um it, it's it's deep but not too deep it's a lot of fun my only thing is like i would love like i said before i would love for them to speed things up um you also win items too along the way when you um when you gain rewards and you earn more in the game you get rewarded with different items new like clothes for your avatars and your pokemon or whatnot um you can also dress up like your pokemon pikachu has like a really cool kind of hip-hop-ish like uh attire is on and like it's really cool so they they really put in a lot to make it here and i'm normally not into these like mobile game like moba games this one i i gotta admit i i enjoyed it i like everything about it and uh, again it's available now so go out of your way to check it out uh it's again it's quote unquote free on nintendo but they do have some they do absolutely have some uh bonus packs for you to work with i just again me personally i don't like online reliant games because i'm always afraid that the server is going to go down and you're going to be asked out of playing the experience and you spent all this money on these games and you don't have any ownership of these games this is a you know i mean online games are kind of the like the modern day version of arcade games because you go to the arcade and you spend all these quarters you can't experience it you can't experience it at home but you can only play it on you know at the arcade and but now we have game consoles where you can now own the games that you play in arcade and i've just it just feels like we're going back to the days of forking out all this money for game experiences and fun but we don't own the games i thought the idea of getting having game consoles is to be able to play games that we couldn't play in arcade all the time we can now play them at home at our leisure for a substantial amount of money so if i pay 30 40 50 60 dollars i can play this game all the time i want i've had full ownership of this game but now we're going back i feel like we're going backwards to the time where like we're playing we're putting in money for games that we can't necessarily own and if anything happens we're asked out and then people don't tally up the money that you know for the games that they put in and realize that you're you're spending like hundreds of hundreds of dollars on on these games that you don't own when you could have been playing um you could have been playing like a game that you can own you know via disc or digital and you can play it as many times as you want online or offline so it's it just the, the the aspect of it and i've been playing a game since like 1980 something you know the atari years so I, I i lived through many different generations of gaming and in the game aspect and the business aspect of it i've seen it pretty much a lot of what we see so a lot of times when i have these discussions with people online i never know how old these guys are or what era of gaming that they've come into because they somehow feel like they have all the answers but dude you haven't played pong <laughs> you never played asteroids before you weren't around for you know you know those days how can you really put in a great opinion when you don't know the the history 
of how these games are put together, the history of how these games were. I mean, I went from like playing the games back then. I I literally owned Pong back in the day. Um, the not like the Radio Shack version of Pong, and then we had the Atari 4800, and that was a game changer there too. And you know, we also had Clegal Vision and Television, which is now making a comeback thanks to Tommy uh, Tellerico, and you know, then the Nintendo era and all that, and all of that was made to have that home experience that you wanted in the arcade. I mean, that arcade experience that you want at home without having to keep paying and forking out the money for that. It was supposed to weed out that whole entire situation. Somehow the gaming industry found a way to get back to that arcade era and have people spend all this money. And people are spending money and not caring or realizing how much they're spending on these mobile games and everything. It's an enormous amount. It's way more than you would you would spend on just buying an actual, you know, triple A game. You know, even with a season pass, it's still a lot more than what you're paying. Um, I don't think it's a lot more than paying for Dead or Alive, uh, any Dead or Alive game, because the DLC for that is atrocious. Okay, that is that is insane. But again, I I, I mean, as far as gameplay and, and concept. Pokemon Unite is a pretty, pretty good, uh, fun game to play. And I, I really, I got, I got to admit, I really enjoy what they did with that. And, you know, if you haven't played it, if you own a Nintendo Switch, go out of your way to check it out. It's pretty fun. So, uh, last bit of news I want to mention is the status of Streets of Rage 4 for the Nintendo Switch. The DLC, the Mr. Nightmare X DLC that we talked about last week still has not been able to been playable yet or downloadable. For the switch um dotemu has has been working uh, hard to get this up and running again and they tweeted that they managed to submit the latest patch for uh to nintendo and is waiting for approval so what people don't know it's not something that can instantly happen because i remember this happened to mike herman of retro soft studios um when they were trying to get out retro mania wrestling for the switch that apparently they have to go through a queue because they're constantly like dozens of games that come out on a weekly basis, indie games and whatnot that are always on queue. They have to go through this process where they meet all the standards that Nintendo have. Like I said last week, um, when I explained every game company has different stipulations and protocols that they have, you know, to approve games to come out. Steam is a little bit more flexible xbox and playstation have their own type of uh stipulations and policies and, and protocols and I, I almost feel like nintendo is the hardest to get through because you also have to factor in you know can the game be playable on with joy con controllers both from a handheld uh standpoint and a you know on its own because remember the joy cons play in two different ways so you have to configure you have to you know optimize the gameplay to be able to format that aspect and i think that's where it gets really muddy with some places so you got to make sure that it meets the standards and you know the people at nintendo evaluate that to see if it works with all those standards if it works out that way so they got to do that with every single game and that you know even though Dotemu submitted that it doesn't mean that they're going to instantly you know check it out because they got other games that they got to check so they're pretty much on a queue list for the eShop. It could take a matter of a few days 
maybe a week for that to happen. If, if it was up to them, they could, you know, if it was up to them and, you know, they didn't have to go through all that approval, they would be able to instantly just shoot it up there and, you know, publish it on their own. But unfortunately, no, they got because Nintendo protects their their brand. And I absolutely, absolutely respect that. They want to make sure that every game that's on this um, that's in the system is quality. And if it's not quality, it's not coming on the eShop. It happens with everything. It happens with um, even the show, even the show. Like when I first did this show, when I first did um, Talk Time Live and I wanted to do a podcast, I knew that in order for me to make a podcast or for it to be approved by anything or any any publisher, it had to be quality. And I said from the door, because the biggest company, the biggest podcast streaming company at the time was Apple and it was iTunes. Now, Apple Podcasts. If I, I said it from the beginning, if I can't make it, if I can't get approved by iTunes, there's no point in doing this show. And I had to wait. There's a 24 to 48 hour period of submitting the first. I did it. I submitted a test. Um, I submitted a test uh, audio for the show and explain that explained what the show was going to be about, what we're going to be doing and stuff like that. And it had to be approved and it had to be a quality show. And if it did not approve, get approved, then we weren't doing a podcast at all. Or we would have to, you know, create it we would have to make it quality enough to meet the standards that Apple wanted. So you got 24, 24 to 48 hours for them to approve it. Thankfully, and I guess it was, it said something about what I did with the show was that it only took 13 hours for them to approve it. And they immediately approved it. And that spoke volumes to me. And I guess it, it spoke volumes to a lot of people because I mean, look where the show has got it going at today. <laughs> okay this is where it led to so that that definitely speaks volumes for things um but i mean everything has a, a a a process that it has to go through in order for things to be approved so with that i say to the switch owners if you don't if you haven't already played it on your other platforms or if you're still if you're not playing it on like steam or whatever like that just be patient it will eventually come and when it will it will be a great experience. I guarantee you, if you loved Streets of Rage 4 when it first came out, guarantee you're going to love it now and everything that comes with it. You already can play some of the new features now from the patch that they already provided. Just you got to wait for the DLC. So uh, patience. There are a lot of games that are out right now or coming out right now that you can occupy yourself with until then. So and if you're one of those people who play Xenoverse, you can you know, work with that. You don't need to care about uh, Streets of Rage 4 right now. So, so folks, um, other than that, we also have next week, we got games like uh, Samurai Warriors 5 coming out. We got Neo, The World Ends With You. Master Blaster 3 is coming out for, uh, shortly as well. And No More Heroes 3 in August, which it is available now in pre-order. So go out of your way to check it out now. If you notice, they updated that part on the e uh, Nintendo eShop. It now has pictures of what it looks like. And my God, that game looks gorgeous. <laughs> that game looks absolutely awesome. I can't wait to see more video footage of the game. I can't wait to play the game in August. Um, it's just going to be awesome. So that will do it for this part of the segment. We're going to take a break, come back and enter the final stage where I will review Ease 9 Monstrum Knox. We'll do that right after this. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dak Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! Welcome to the final stage of this program, and I am here to review Ease 9 Monstrum Knox for the Nintendo Switch. This game actually was released on September 26th of 2019. It has finally made it onto the Switch platform, which I kind of knew it was after watching, uh, I actually not even watching, but playing the uh, demo to the PlayStation 4 one and saw the graphics and was like, oh yeah, this is coming on a, a Nintendo Switch, no problem. But we'll talk about the graphic uh, quality in about in a few um this was once again developed by nihon falcom who pretty much does all the ease uh games along with uh engine software ph3 gmbh i don't know whether that is pronounced or anything but they are the uh developers and publishers of this game that has been a long running game dating back since the days of i believe the turbo graphics you know is where i first uh seeing the game in this process and this has come far and wide uh of the days of turbo graphics i tell you that i mean like it's it was never a 3d platform back then it wasn't such thing as 3d <laughs> it was a 2d role-playing game and now to see evolve to a action role-playing game which i absolutely enjoy but ease was one of the games that i loved back then from a standpoint because whenever you whenever i saw a video game that had graphics showing anime i always get excited about that because back in the 90s it was a rare thing to see games with anime aspects from it or based on anime at all all of those cool games were basically in japan like the dragon balls or any of those other cool games that had any anime uh influence or aspect to it you know so to see that it was that and valis valis was one of my favorite games too it was an action uh, 2d side scroller that came out for and i believe that's out on there's the super valis 4 or uh, i believe is out on uh the nintendo online uh network or platform right now so you could definitely check that out there but love those games but i actually like it even more now because it's in 3d it you know the character design is awesome and here's a lot to like about this game uh, i played the last game i played eight uh, a while back as well and that's also available on the nintendo switch too and this game actually takes place after the events of eight remember because adol christian uh was stranded on a mysterious deserted island and they had to find their way out of there so it was a lot of things that was going on the gameplay and everything was also great a lot of what was great about that that game is 
what's great about this game but this game takes a little bit further and it goes a little bit to a different direction this is actually this is a rpg action rpg with a storyline disguise you know disguised as a normal jrpg but in fact this is more like a superhero comic book superhero type of game because a lot of what they do takes elements of you know a lot of video game superhero video games that we played before you know just a little bit not too much um the story here is adult christian is cursed by a mysterious woman uh which by the name is uh Aprilis, uh and becomes a monstrum a powerful being who can exercise monsters to escape from the city of baldug uh he must ally ally with five other monstrums each with their own unique gifts and stop the grimwald nox a shadowy dimension on the verge of overflowing uh into the real world so they call this a curse but in fact you know adal has superpowers in this case but they call it a curse at one point at no point in this game does this quote-unquote curse does anything to them that you know damns them and in fact they use the curse to help other people so in hindsight it's a superpower it's an ability it's a power you know that they have but it's awesome because these powers that they use are really cool in the game so again much like i did last week i'm gonna go with pros and cons uh for this one it's much easier to do it this way for this particular game um the pros beautifully designed in terms of characters weapons and clothing uh the character designs are always great very well anime uh like character design uh the weapons are just the weapons are uh, it, it what sparks me the most the weapon design in these and not just this ease game but the all of the ease the 3d ease games that i played and it's the beautiful part of rpgs that i like because you get to you get to um to switch weapons evolve the weapons make them stronger or upgrade them and buy new ones and each weapon design is like the detail of the designs are beautiful i mean like the, the attention to detail is outstanding whether it be the clothing that they wear the characters that they draw everything everybody looks attractive like very attractive um just beautifully done i love that um the fun and simple battle system and missions much like you know the, the core the core format of ease games is the battle system is the is the you know play, which is very simple easy to play you got one attack button you got a evade button you have um you had the r button you get to use your special abilities much like you did on the last game or the last couple games and that's pretty much it but it's it's very well balanced and it's a lot of fun you can switch between different characters every time um the battling in the battle that you have in the grimwall Knox um facing off against different monsters and uh, to break the barriers throughout the city of baldug is really cool a lot of fun to play um there's different versions you could just defeat the monsters in waves or you can you try to break these crystals i forgot what they were called throughout the game and sometimes each one there's a lot more crystals and you got to find them in different places before the time limit ends it's a little annoying but not too bad you just got to find them it's just it's, it's like an easter egg hunt pretty much but it's a lot of fun and then in between that you gotta you know try to fight through the monsters while trying to you know find these different these crystals throughout the 
you know, knocks and everything, but it's all still a lot of fun. Uh, boosting and, and getting acquiring extra skills uh, systems. You know, again, you press you, you're boosting and an extra skill. You just press the R and L button and it'll allow you to have more power to rather defeat enemies or if you use the extra skill if you hit the l1 button after holding the r1 you can use an extra skill which really takes out all weaker enemies or a lot of uh hp from a a really strong enemy as well so and the more you keep attacking the more your gauge actually uh you know generates more energy for you to do more uh, extra skills and, and, and acquire that as well so it's a really fun system plenty of characters to choose from again there's five different characters uh along with uh adal that you could play and each one or each character is has some type of diversity you know matter of course now when i say this there are no main black characters in here but in terms of just different like one's a one's blind and I believe a doll in a sense. The other one, uh, there's an LGBTQ character in here that's really awesome. Uh, in here as well, there's a uh, character who's paraplegic, but the thing is like each character has some sort of backstory that consists of a secret identity, which you'll discover throughout the game. So you'll discover that in monster mode, there's their identity, but they don't know each other outside of their monster mode because Aprilis just has them all gathered together but they wind up meeting each other in the real world and figuring out who each other is and who they um, who they really are as a monster. So I, I do like that aspect. Th that story element is pretty uh, fun. Um, there's also the open, fun open world-esque type of, it's not completely open world, but it's more like open stage where they have some different city aspects in here. Again, there there's some cons to this that I'll talk about too, um, but you have the ability to acquire monstrum abilities like you you have control once you have control of the five different characters each of those characters have their own abilities but you know if you just play as adal you'll be able to use all of their abilities think um recently scarlet nexus where you're playing yuito or kasana or kasane and you have the abilities of your own platoon powers so you can not only use your own power, but you can also acquire their powers as well. This is kind of the same way. The only difference is in this game, you can also play as those other characters as well. In Scarlet Nexus, you can only play as Kasane or Yuito in there and didn't just use their powers to some extent. So, you know, a side note, I hope that if they do another Scarlet Nexus game that we could be able to play as the other platoon characters as well, because they were pretty awesome in that game. But at least in here, you'll be able to, you know, play as each character with their own different, you know, skill sets and powers as well. So it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, also, I like, you know, part of the abilities is uh, allow you to glide across the town with wings or use this. Uh, I forgot what they call it. This little kind of grappling power that allows you to go from the ground to the rooftop and you'll be able to just scale rooftops easily doing it that way. So that's a lot of fun. And that's something that you couldn't do in the last game because you were in a deserted island so it's part of the story to have these powers to do to play along and i like the fact that they did this and that they created this aspect because it, it makes the story more engaging you know that you're able to do this and as opposed to the other one and surprisingly for for this being a game that 
feels kind of an outdated game. The loading time is pretty fast. It's it's fair. It's faster than I would see in other games that I played on a Nintendo Switch. Um, not exactly PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X and F, uh, S level, but the loading time is or Xbox Series X is the one that has the fastest loading time, I believe. But um, it's really pretty fast. I, I, I admit uh, solid RPG system allowing you to upgrade your character skills and weapons really cool and you level up pretty uh, fast up to a certain point um then there's the just the cons there the cons uh is that i mentioned the graphics in, in the beginning of this the graphics kind of looks outdated now again this game was released in 2019 but it the, if you look at the graphics it looks like it was released originally for the playstation vita and I believe that is not the case. It was never available for the um, for the Vita. It is only available for the PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, Microsoft, Windows, and the Google Stadia. So it was never available on the PS Vita. It was never made during that time. But you look at the game, and the game looks like it really. I mean, it, it's weird because, like I said, the clothing is very well detailed the character design looks awesome but the graphics it just looks a step back the move the animation uh of the of the characters also it just all of that the frames the frame rate and everything just looks all look like a, a a retro game of the playstation vita or playstation 2 or 3 era i don't know why I don't I don't understand why that is and why they haven't advanced up to that point. But like I said, when I played it on a PlayStation 4, the demo it back in 2019, I was like, yeah, this is definitely going to make it onto the Nintendo Switch. It, I mean, it just looks it, it just looks so dated <laughs> to the point like I, it could easily play on a PlayStation Switch. I mean, on a, a Nintendo Switch. Um, I hope I haven't been saying Nintendo uh, PlayStation Switch this whole time, but it will definitely play on a switch with no problems and, and it's true because now it's on here but the other problem i had with with this was the story um not exactly the main story in a sense but mostly side stories i felt like it dragged a bit there were parts of it that really picked up and there were parts that it that really i it was too it it it, it was too much dialogue in here and, and at some point i felt like i was just not as interested as I would like to be in, in these stories, in the side stories, at least in there. And also a lot of it could be that it was way more, way too much dialogue and, and not that much uh, voice acting. And the voice acting was stellar as you could possibly uh, have it. And there, the story, the, the voice acting in here is always great, especially for the main story. I think they could have done without all of these side missions or these, or the dialogue for the side missions as well. It was just it just felt like it was too much i just was very much not interested in it after a while and my, my you know my attention span just went away with it but when we got to the main missions and everything it was a lot better but even still the actual story itself just it leads somewhere but then it goes away when you just have all these open uh moments of doing side missions or trying to you know fight hordes of monsters to uh raise the gauge up in order to enter the uh the Gribwalt knocks again. So overall, it's a fun game. It's not the greatest game in the world. I mean, it's just as fun as the last 
Ease game was, but it's it's a solid game at best. Um, while I didn't think the graphics stood up to standards, like they're much better looking Nintendo Switch games out there or even PlayStation games out there, of course, it still has a stability that will allow you to enjoy the, what the game has to offer in itself. Um, despite the graphics, the character design is great. The, the weapon design is awesome. The gameplay is awesome. And um, the, I mean, the core of it is the actual gameplay. And, and you know, you just fighting hordes of monsters and, and, you know, enemies and stuff like that. Once you get to that aspect, it's a lot of fun. But when you have to go through some of the side missions and everything, it doesn't level up like it should. It doesn't engage you like you should. And it didn't or at least it didn't engage me. You know, it could be just me, but I just I really couldn't get into the game as deeply as I could. My, like when I played um, last week, playing Monster Hunter stories, totally different, um, different uh, aspect in, in terms of, you know, storytelling and, 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 and character direction and everything and graphics like everything that I feel like everything that Monster Hunter stories was, I wish ease you know nine could have been and like the but much better graphics to, and much better storytelling on that game if they pulled how they put that together on that game into this game this would i would guarantee i would give this a higher grade but nonetheless this is still a viable game this is still an enjoyable game uh if you're into our uh jrpgs like that and action eight a uh jrpgs it wouldn't hurt you to check this game out you know especially like i think this is a good grab you know, and if I give it a grade, it would be a solid B. It's not bad, but it could be better at the end of the day. So, um, you know, if you're into that, go out of your way, check it out. It's, it's I guarantee you'll enjoy it much better than you won't. So, folks, that will do it for this edition of Select Start. I hope everybody has a great weekend. And if you get a chance, go out to the movies this weekend because Snake Eyes G.I. Joe Origins is coming out. And this Sunday, I will be reviewing that. So stay tuned for that as well as masters of the universe which will be available on netflix tomorrow actually from kevin smith said it may be i think that's what he said midnight tonight it will be available so maybe i'll stay up to watch it or wait maybe i'll just wait till tomorrow after i go come from the movies because i'm going on an early bird uh afternoon matinee to see uh gi joe origins and maybe i'll go see it after that but also we will have a lot of news coming this week there's some trailers that are, and announcements that have already come uh, San Diego Com this is San Diego Comic-Con week and they're going to have their uh, San Diego Comic-Con at home virtual event so we'll be talking about that and much much more so stay tuned for that but folks thanks again for uh, hanging on to the show all of our new listeners and trust me we have some new listeners on the sh uh, oh, that's listening on the show and thank you all I hope you enjoy it if you do please spread the word leave, leave comments whatever you can you know, just let them know we're here and um, I will be more than happy to entertain you all as I have been. So and again, I am still working on uh, said guests to be coming along. If you're a comic book fan, you definitely want to stick around for uh, that guest to come. We're just working on dates. That's all pretty much for that note. But stay tuned for that and anything that comes by in the next uh, few months or so. So stay tuned. But for now, if you want to check this episode and all of our episodes out, you can go to talktimelive.com 
our official website for all things anime, comics, movies, and games. You can check all of our podcast episodes there. And if you specifically want to look for a particular podcast episode or even an interview with some of the best in all things, uh, of all our favorite fandoms, I should say, you could go to our search engine on the podcast page, type in TTL exclusive. And there you will find all of our episodes with some of the best guests that I've ever had a chance to talk to actors, game developers, artists, recording artists, and much, much more. I mean, I'm talking, you know, the cast of Naruto, um, Sailor Moon, all of that, you know, well, I don't have the Overwatch. That was a live event. Unfortunately, I actually do have the audio to the live panels that I did here in Philadelphia, but they're not that good. And I'm just preserve i'm just holding them off until i can find a way to or find somebody who can up the volume of it so people can actually hear it i don't know what wizard i can find to do that but here's hoping but i also got game like i said game developers from some of your favorite games out there uh you could you could go into talktimelive.com to look at the list uh if you go into the about page it, it just put a mouse over it you can see the guest of talk time live exclusive the list is there is all there as well as the guests of Repop's Metaverse. And if you want to see that, you can go to the media page and check out some of the actual panels that I worked on recently for the cast of Bleach, Sailor Moon, that time I got reincarnated as a slime. And also I still got to put that link up for the anime, for the anime um, week that I did for Repop with, which has the My Hero Academia Q&A as well as the Pokemon Q&A with the original cast, the OG cast of um, of the uh, Pokemon, you know, Ash, Misty, and Brock. <laughs> so I got that as well. So you can go on there and enjoy yourself. And there's a whole bunch of other content there as well. If you want to subscribe and download the show, you can also do so on all of your favorite top uh, favorite platforms, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, Pandora, and Tumblr. Shout out to all my Tumblr people out there as well. So, folks, thank you again so much. It's been awesome. And I believe by the end of this month, I will have some great news in, involving uh, this show and its accomplishments as well. So stay tuned for that. It's more. I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm going to have some great news to talk about that. And it's all because of you guys. So thank you. That will do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Stay safe. Have a great week. And please get vaccinated. Take care, people. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.